0: Welcome to Recovery Talks Facebook Live Events. Thanks for joining us. My name is Bill Devil. I'm the Mentoring and Membership Coordinator for Montana's Peer Network, and I'm joined by-
1: Hey, my name is Brent Morris. I'm a Peer Services Coordinator with the with Montana peer Network.
0: So welcome. Today, we'll be talking about Mental Health Awareness Month. Thanks for joining us. Uh, but before we get into that, I'm gonna go over a few announcements. We have the PAL project, Developing Affiliates, coming up Monday, May 17th at 3 p.m. You can go to the website and sign up for that. We have Realizing Recovery, uh, Webinar Technology and Recovery, Wednesday, May 19th at noon. And then we have the member call Wednesday, May 19th at 6.30 p.m. So for all those events, you can go to our website, sign up for those. You can go to the event calendar so why don't we get into today's topic of Mental Health Awareness Month. Why don't you go ahead and start us off, Brent, and then I will fill in.
1: All right, thanks, Bill. The month of May started off being recognized as Awareness Month for Mental Health back in 1949 by Mental Health America and some other organizations. And originally, you know, for awareness, that mental health, you know, is an issue in our nation, And that it worked on to reducing the stigma and to have people awareness, they aware that, you know, like a broken arm, you know, it's our whole body, you know, dealing with mental illness is not just a, a taboo or a bad thing or, you know, it can be talked about and it's not bad. So in this month, it's a neat thing. We have the opportunity to recognize it for awareness and, you know, on the news and different things like this. Through the is developed with the recovery movement and peer supporters doing, you know, offering peer support, having the opportunity for dialogue, and showing, you know, there is hope. Bill has some neat examples too. And thanks, Brent.
0: ESPN has Mental Health Awareness Month as well in it, and in their website, it features quite a few articles about different athletes that are dealing with. With mental health issues. One in particular is an NBA basketball player named Kevin Love. He's an all-star basketball player, and he deals with depression and anxiety. And in the article, it specifically talks about how other NBA players that he plays against and with could use medications to kind of help them with their mental health. But still in the NBA, there's still some stigma in in being able to receive help and taking medication for a mental health diagnosis. Some of the players still look at that as a sign of weakness. And so he's trying to bring awareness to his own league that these are serious issues and they need to be addressed. And it's not a sign of weakness it's it's a sign of strength to face and address the mental health issues that one might be dealing with and then the other article that that I was kind of going over was the big 10 commissioner his name's Kevin Warren um he is trying to bring awareness to all the student athletes of being um, mindful of their mental health and well-being where he's trying to create a culture where if you're struggling with depression or anxiety or bipolar to come to the forefront and get that addressed and he's trying to create a culture of support for that so that people don't shy away from taking care of their mental health and their mental well-being so that's just some some different cultures within a culture that that are recognizing mental health awareness month uh, it's important that we realize that we are all in this together all walks of life it doesn't discriminate discriminate again race or economic status it's it is what what it is and we need to be sensitive and willing to address those issues when they come up and and the whole this whole month is to try and help people make that step in addressing their mental health if that's what they need to do now we need to do it all year long. Um, but this month specifically, we're really trying to step it up and, and make the country aware that this is a national issue. It, it has has no political stance, it has no economic stance, it has no race stance. It is. Um, everybody is affected
1: by this. So Bill, it is okay to ask for help, right?
0: Of course, it's okay to ask for help. And and you would think that that's a, an easy question to answer. But I can say in, in my own life, that's the last thing that I wanted to do was ask for help for two reasons. If I asked for help, then to myself, I was admitting or accepting That I might have a mental health condition and I didn't want to do that I didn't want to address that and and second I was afraid of the answer that I was going to receive just based on the symptoms that I was already having of course it's it's okay to ask for help but finding the courage to ask for help is is a totally different beast to deal with.
1: Well, and you know, in the year two thousand twenty, and now two thousand twenty one, the dynamic has changed somewhat too with the coronavirus and different things with the isolation, the changes, the fear, the res- you know the anger, different things, emotions, and not sure of what's going to happen and how and when. It's okay for us to, again, ask for help ask the questions, and then in our recovery too, to go deeper and look for the tools to deal with the change, deal with the different uh, mixed feelings we're, we're dealing with.
0: You know, what you just spoke to is, is what I needed to do for my mental health recovery. Now, if you did that in a, in a time lapse, that took like four years for me to do. Meaning you're in the stages of change and you're, you're in pre-contemplation, then you're in contemplation. And then you just completely ignore it for a while where you don't want anything to do with it. You're in denial. And so to kind of pick back up where I was in asking for help, my parents helped me ask for help. Meaning we've made you a mental health appointment. And this is the time of your appointment. And of course, I was living on the streets and in and out of my parents' house. And so they took me to get my first mental health evaluation 2003. And I didn't enter into recovery until 2007. There's a lot of self-awareness and battling back and forth, you know,
1: it's powerful hearing that view you, too, and the family support you had for them to even open the door for the appointment. You know, we can use this month, too, for that discussion, the open talk. So, with, you know, with family support, you know, peers, people at church, people at school, you know, this is a great time for the discussion and advocacy for change, and how the discussion, again, for the whole health is part of us. The mental health isn't, you know, a silent, unspoken illness. It's like, like it's a, a, the example I wrote, like broken arm, you know, it's part of our whole holistic health, part of our whole health. And we need to break down that stigma and talk.
0: So we have a question from the audience and I'll read it and then maybe me and... Brent can break that down a little bit. It says, how important is it to understand that it's okay to not be okay sometimes? How can we truly accept this when we are often taught to fight not being okay to maintain
1: ourselves? I'll open on that one. So personally, in my recovery, earlier in my life, I felt I was failing. When I wasn't feeling okay, I learned it for my health, emotionally and physically. Having those bad times, bad days are natural. That's okay. And then I put into place the tools in my recovery and the toolbox. So that bad day may not turn into a bad month, but it's okay to feel bad. That's not that's 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 normal. That's just you know part of our life whether it's, you know, something in the environment we're around, something in our light, our body, different things, you know, what that's okay.
0: For me, that concept of me being okay with not being okay didn't happen for me until I was in recovery. So what that looked like when I was not in recovery was yeah. trying to mask my symptoms. I wasn't okay with my symptoms. They started it in my mid 20s. And that's where my addiction really started to take off. I wanted logical explanations for the symptoms that I was having, because I wasn't okay with not being okay. I had to have reasoning for the symptoms that I was having. And so I tried to run from them and a couple of years go by and my symptoms aren't going away they're becoming more frequent and so what do i do i dive into my addiction i just dive into it i full force if i am high or if i am drunk and i have any type of mental health symptom in my brain i can logically go oh well of course i'm going to have hallucinations, of course I'm gonna hear things, of course I'm gonna see things, that's part of the deal, you know? The problem was is I ran out of substances sometimes and then they continued to happen, which I just was in denial of and just kept that cycle up for years. And like I said, I didn't, I didn't get help. My parents got me help to get me started on the right path And so once I embraced and fully accepted and owned who I was, all of me, my mental health condition, my substance abuse issues, once I became okay with that, then it was like I gave myself permission to have days where I wasn't okay. And that was all right. I had started to get tools that I was able to utilize to work through when I wasn't okay without having to utilize mind-altering substances to just escape. That's a process that didn't happen overnight for me. And as time goes on, that process just becomes Natural, it's like an automatic program that is installed for when symptoms happen, I go to my tools, I go to my wellness. Do I need to take the next 15 minutes and do nothing? Sometimes I have to do that. Do I need to go take a walk and get some fresh air? Sometimes I need to do that. Do I need to just hold my son and become grounded? I need to do that sometimes.
1: So for both of us, I think the acceptance was one of the tools, you know, being able to accept and acknowledge our, our, our issues and stuff. And then that helped us too, to be okay with not feeling, you know, 100% that day.
0: You know, my days are fewer and fewer of, of not being okay. And today when, I'm, when I am not okay, it's in a different circumstance where I'm learning new things, and I'm, I'm pushing forward, and then I have self-doubt, and I wonder why I'm where I'm at and why I'm getting this opportunity. And on those days, I just have to remember that I get to learn for the rest of my life, and that I don't know everything, that might be an easy concept to understand. Of course, I don't know everything, but in my mind, I think that I should know everything. Um, and so that that battle with inside myself still happens. Um, I can logically know certain things, but it doesn't always translate into the way that I'm feeling or thinking. Um, and so I have to be able to Reframe my thinking and be okay, and have a support network where I can bounce my thoughts and ideas off of so that I can come back to where I need to be.
1: Wow. And, you know, I just thinking too, you know, we're talking about the awareness, the national recognized for understanding and accepting different things, but also then enlisting to you, you know, the awareness of ourselves, being aware of our, um, of our triggers, of our strengths, you know, we're individuals, you know, in going through, in our recovery, we might look at others, we might, you know, visit with the peer supporter, different things, but we all are individuals, and this awareness is also you know, part of that to understand and accept.
0: One other thing that I wanna kind of speak to that has helped me while not being okay is I talked about when I fully accepted who, who I was with substance abuse issues, mental health conditions. For me, when I'm not okay, to the last part of the question that I read, to fight, to fight it, is compounding the problem. So if I am not okay running from it or trying to fight it, it snowballs on me. So if I can just turn around, so to speak, face it and accept it and cry if I have to cry or, or allow the feelings that I'm feeling of not good enough or insecurity, or why am I even in the position that I'm in? If I can just take that all in and be okay with it, knowing that those feelings don't last forever. This is just how I'm feeling right now. It might last two, three hours, two or three days. And that all is dependent on how vulnerable I'm allowing myself to be and being open with others about the way that I'm feeling.
1: That's powerful. Thank you, Bill.
0: Yeah, it's it's all dependent on what I'm willing to do. We have another question. I'll read it out loud and then... Maybe Brent, uh, you can start with it. And, and the question is, what is the difference between acceptance and awareness and action to change? What has become aware for you?
1: So the awareness, first the awareness of what it is, mental illness, whether it be is simply for a situation, clinical, different diagnosis, The different types of, you know, depression, anxiety, bipolar, substance abuse, substance disorder, different things. And the acceptance is a harder part, not for me personally, but in advocacy and working with people in our our communities and our public is to accept it as holistic, you know, as our our whole bodies, you know, there's not a, a break between our emotional, mental health and our physical, we are one and, you know, we work together. So then acceptance for me is just the part of the advocacy. And then for myself, the acceptance is, so I have a a retinal eye disease. I'm blind now. You know, my eyes have deteriorated with age, gotten worse. So in dealing with this, my mental illness and the coping and substance abuse come to play with dealing with my disease. So... Acceptance is part of that for me personally, just to accept, you know, and then when the the last question, too. It's okay to have a bad day. It's okay. And then Bill brought up too, just to be able to see who we are ourselves and accept. I think the last part of the question was change, right, Bill?
0: It has to do with action to change what has become aware.
1: So action to change, you know, and this is coming to recovery movement, recovery movement. And us, you know, being peer supporters, open to have the dialogue, being role models for the hope and showing, you know, in our recovery, whether it's people working with peer-to-peer or whether it's in a presentation or like, you know, we're doing the Facebook Live. Now, just, you know, being in the public, to me, that's part of the change. And then it goes into systems change with advocacy and government change in systems. and. And the more we're active in this role, this does the change and it goes back to awareness. You know, the more public public conversations through different formats, you know, whether it be in a a meeting in a local budget council, whether it be with a church or a school, the legislative testimony, different things, you know, peer-to-peer, whatever, the, the more talk, more open discussion you know it's not bad to you know share or to deal with or have be on you know a different things this brings it kind of cycles back to the awareness and acceptance it all follow the cycles around again
0: so i'll read this kind of like formula so awareness equals understanding realization and acceptance is coming to a place of understanding and peace within self that happens as a result of awareness i'll try and speak to it quickly on real life for me i was totally aware but unwilling to accept that i had a mental health situation going on let's just call it a situation going on because it wasn't real you know i wasn't i didn't accept it it wasn't real yet And for that change to take place took time because the awareness that I had was just a theory. hadn't accepted that my awareness was even real. And so the acceptance had to happen, I had to take ownership of that acceptance for any action to begin. That's kind of how it happened for me. So be aware of Mental Health Awareness Month. There is a lot going on. You can check out websites. Become more aware of yourself, of of what's happening nationally and not within just your sphere of influence because it, it gives empowerment to know that we're not alone in Whitehall, Montana, population of a thousand that you're the only one dealing with this situation. This is happening nationwide. Mental Health Awareness Month has been going on since Brent said 1949. And it feels like it's starting to get ahead of steam, you know, years, decades later. I thank you guys for your time. Brent, do you have any last comments or things you needed to add?
1: No, I just want to thank everyone for the, you know, and enjoy the nice spring day and, you know, have an opportunity to open the dialogue and share your story. Uh,
0: Recovery Talks podcasts are available every week from MPN. Past episodes are available on our website, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes. If you'd like to be a guest, please email Andy or myself, and we'd love to have you Talk with us on Facebook Live and have a dialogue and create some thought and maybe some action. Thanks for tuning in, and you guys have a great day. Recovery works and recovery is possible.
1: Recovery works and recovery is possible.
0: Recovery works, recovery is possible.
1: Recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible.
0: Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery is possible.